Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there will be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hi, my name's Paul Valley, and I'm the pastor of Livingstone's Church in Red Dare, Alberta. You know, there are many people today who feel trapped by the current circumstances of their lives. I'm not speaking about being literally trapped or imprisoned, but feeling that way because of their commitments and responsibilities. Others are trapped in unhealthy bodies suffering with debilitating disease, like Job, who was not only trapped in a body enduring extreme suffering while surrounded by friends who were falsely judging him. They were telling him his sickness was due to the fact that he had sinned against God, which is absolutely false. For all of the people who have experienced God's healing in their body, and there, there are many, others have had to continue to suffer, who have prayed and prayed and asked God to to hear their cry, but instead, God's answer has been totally different. It's His grace to sustain them. But questions arise in our mind. Does God really care when He does that decision? Others struggle with financial, psychological, and other life-related limitations. And then there are those who feel trapped in difficult marriages, families, and jobs. Think of the single mother who cannot seem to escape to scrape enough time and resource to keep body and soul together with the demands of trying to be both parent and providing a meaningful life for herself and her children. Most just forget about themselves or in some worst case scenarios, forget about their child's welfare. Some struggle with the little time they have for themselves or with the very little affirmation and encouragement from others. And it's obvious as believers that we will be tested. The Apostle Paul had moments in his life where he cried out to God for deliverance from what he described as a thorn in his flesh. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, he says, Because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's answer was grace, greater than the pressure and the challenges he was experiencing. Jesus' half-brother James wrote a pastoral letter directed towards Jewish believers who were scattered throughout the Mediterranean, undergoing incredibly difficult times and persecution. James shares some marvelous words of encouragement and direction for the difficulties they were facing, which I believe can help us in our distressing times. James chapter 1, verse 1 begins, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. In chapter 1, we basically see two primary areas we often feel trapped and struggle with, one being uh, pressures from outside, the other being from within. And I'll try to focus this morning or today on the first area, where we often feel trapped and struggle in outward circumstances. So how do we feel, how do we handle those pressures when life does not seem favorable to us? James begins with our attitude, which is simply our way of thinking. We need to win the battle that's being waged in our minds. 
Generally, we cannot change the circumstances, but we can certainly change our attitude. And that's the difference between living with joy or living with distress. In verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, that Greek word for many kinds really is describing diverse, complex, and intricate problems. It's interesting that the word for many kinds of trials is also used, the same Greek word, in 1 Peter chapter 4, where Peter speaks about God's grace. In 1 Peter 4.10, he says, Everyone should use whatever gift he has received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its many forms. That same word, in its many forms, is the word for trials of many kinds. What Paul and Peter are explaining is that even though there are complexities in trials, they're a manifold grace to sustain us whatever trial that we find ourselves in. In other words, even though these problems are not simplistic, God's grace is, as, is able to deal with those complexities. Some of you here today are dealing with situations that are difficult, complex, and beyond your ability, and you find yourself despairing. You're wondering, what do I do? Or how can I cope? You know, the Bible is actually realistic about life. There are times and situations that come into our lives like this. Paul experienced such a moment in his life, even to the point where he despaired even of life itself. In 2 Corinthians 1.80 says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far above our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. We may wonder, well, why would God allow that to happen in our lives? Well, Paul gives us an answer in the very next verse. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. The simple answer is that we will stop looking to ourselves and others and begin to rely on God in a way that we had never relied on Him before. One thing that I've discovered in life is that trials usually come in, in waves. One expression of God's grace is the gift that God brings godly people who pray for us. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, continuing along this idea, he writes, He has delivered us from a set, such a deadly peril. He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will continue to deliver us. And then he says something interesting in verse 11. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted to, to us in answer to the prayers of many. Paul is saying that we need the help of God's praying people. We need to see God's powerful answers to prayer of deliverance and help in distressing situations. And then James also challenges our perceptions of trials and their value. Many times we don't appreciate struggle or pain or reversal. We all definitely want an easier path, but often that's not the path that God chooses to lead us along. So when things do not go the way we desire, we're challenged by the trials that we're faced. James reminds us to have the right attitude. Consider it pure joy. Why are we to consider it that when we have such complexity in our lives? Because we see trials and troubles as difficulties as enemies to our soul, while God is using them as a tool to develop our souls. God producing Christ-like character in our lives. In James chapter 1, verse 3, he goes on, Because you know that the testing of your, your faith develops perseverance. In verse 4, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature 
and complete, not lacking in any things. So we see here that trials have a God-given purpose. They're opportunities for us to demonstrate our faith in God. Trials reveal the unproductive, unfruitful things in our lives. They reveal the true nature of our character. Are we just professing faith in God, or do we actually possess faith in God? You quickly find out when trials come how many people walk away from God when the going gets tough. Alex Moyer writes, We say that we believe that God is our Father, but as long as we remain untested on the point, our belief falls short of steady conviction. But suppose the day comes, as it does and will, when circumstances seem to mock our creed, when the cruelty of life denies his fatherliness, his silence calls into question his almightiness, and the sheer, haphazard, meaningless jumble of events challenges the possibility of a creator's ordering hand. It is in this way that life's trials test our faith for genuineness. One reason that God does not always deliver us immediately from every difficulty is that he's producing certain virtues in our lives, namely patience, endurance, perseverance. For faith needs to be exercised in order to be strengthened and developed. Development comes through struggle. We don't particularly enjoy that, but it's a part of growing and maturing as a believer. So how do you develop muscle in the physical realm? Well, you do that by exercising them. How do you develop endurance, patience, and perseverance? By having to undergo trial and having to wait patiently for God to work in situations and in other people's lives. This is an expression of trust. We cannot do anything to make it happen. We have a hard time in our culture because it's constantly telling us that we can make things happen when we want to have them happen. But often all we do is make those things worse. One of the primary ways that God shapes character is in family life, through relationships. Gary Thomas's book, Sacred Marriage, writes with this premise in mind. He says, what if marriage was designed not to necessarily make us happy, but rather to make us holy? That challenges the whole understanding of marriage. Love is developing when we learn to accept people for who they are and what not what we want them to be. The strength of a relationship is when we have to go through difficulties together and we find that we're working together rather than tearing each other apart. For me to say I love God and be to, to be indifferent to people is living in self-deception. In 1 John 3.10 it says, This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So how do we live with difficult people? Well, we need to learn to bring our complaints to God. We need to learn how to lament our situations correctly. Rather than constantly badgering, nagging, or complaining about that person to themselves or to others, we need to pour out our concerns to God and then learn to pray for them, bless them, and do good to them. That's how you overcome evil, by doing good. And this begins in our own homes. The next thing we need to do is have an attitude adjustment. So often we're praying for deliverance, which is not wrong in itself, but what happens if God does not deliver immediately, or he delays the answer, or even more tryingly, reveals that we need a greater grace to handle that difficulty and challenging situation. Here in James 1, he's telling us to consider pure joy when these complex and difficult trials are in our lives. He challenges us that we ought to pray for wisdom. Warren Worsby raises the question, why do we need wisdom when we're going through trials? For this reason, we need wisdom so that we'll not waste the opportunities God is giving us to develop and mature. 
Wisdom helps us to understand how to use these circumstances for our good and for God's glory. Aside from being in a dangerous environment where physical abuse is happening, let me point out that many, that uh, God may be using your trial, your struggle, your sense of being trapped in order to develop qualities of grace. People who run usually find themselves back at the same place again. They didn't seem to learn anything the first time, but those who trust God, pray with other saints, grow in patience, perseverance, and endurance, when they come to a similar place in life, are able to handle what's happening because they've learned to trust God, and that shows evident maturity. Learning to be content in less than an ideal world is critical. It's something we must learn. It's part of becoming spiritually mature. And you may wonder how we can learn to be content. Well, Paul gives us the answer. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. In these three areas, financial challenge, medical issues, and difficult people generally are the greatest trials of our lives. Paul is telling us that God's grace and strength found in Christ will see us through. We can find contentment in Christ. We can come to realize that God is still in control in the events of our lives, even though it appears to us that it's out of control. He is still our Father, and He's still working out all things for our eternal good, though some things may be proving painful in the here and now. So I'd like to stop there and pray for you right now in your time of trial. So Father, I thank you for the things that you bring into our lives. Even though they're difficult and challenging, it's teaching us not to rely on ourselves, but ultimately to rely on you. Give us a joyful attitude in the midst of our trial. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Spread the Word Global Ministries Red Deer. If you'd like more information, you can contact us at info at spreadthewordglobalministries.org or info at spreadthewordnow.org or through our website at www.spreadthewordglobalministries.org. Our phone number is 587-377-7745. Thank you. Bye for now.